welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. It's U.S. Open Week, and golf couldn't be any more interesting. That's right, golf is interesting. Yet it's not necessarily because of the impending tournament, the 122nd edition of the U.S. Open, but all the other things going on in the periphery. To help me break it down, I welcome in Gary Smits, the longtime golf and everything else writer for the Florida Times Union in Jacksonville. Gary's been on the golf beat for so long that when he walks around a tournament such as the Players' Championship in Ponte Vedra Beach, he's treated like the mayor. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida sports network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Live Golf got underway this past weekend, and Tiger Woods won't be at the U.S. Open this coming week but some of the live competitors will be. Let's bring in Gary Smits to find out what's going on. Gary, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. All righty. Before we get into the U.S. Open, let's open with live golf because it was talked about ad nauseum. It's been delayed. And then finally this past weekend, it happened. And Phil Mickelson came out of hiding. Dustin Johnson stridently took part. Ultimately, Charles Schwartzel ended up winning four million dollars so tell us your thoughts on everything that happened this past weekend with live golf well they probably had as good a debut as they could have hoped for uh you know they uh uh the the streaming numbers on youtube were, were pretty good from what i understand uh for that kind of a, a broadcast a streaming broadcast uh they did get a a name winner it wasn't it wasn't phil and it wasn't dustin but of the remaining 46 players in the field, Charles Schwartzel is probably as, as big a name as there was. He's won a major, the 2011 Masters. Uh, he's won some tournaments all over the world. He's from South Africa. And, you know, nobody's stunned when Charles Schwartzel wins a tournament. He's He he hits it long, and he's a good putter. So when he gets hot, he's he's been a force, and he played well in the Players' Championship this past March. Um, you know, and the they got a lot of – media coverage, a lot of notoriety. Uh, a couple instances, they got the wrong kind of coverage. Uh, they didn't like a couple of questions that were asked by a couple of members of the media and were escorted away in one case from the media center and in one case from an outdoor interview area where Phil was. And that was at Alan Shipnock who wrote the book on Phil that kind of sparked, a, to be truthful, a lot of interest in Live Golf because of Phil's comments in the book about both the PGA tour and the organizers of live golf, which is a Saudi Arabian public investment fund, a branch of the Saudi Arabian government. And uh, uh, I'm not sure they need to be displaying behavior and strong arming reporters and playing in everybody's stereotypes of the country that is behind all this. So uh, uh, that was probably a, uh, a huge mistake on their part. Perhaps they'll rectify that. Perhaps they, won't perhaps they'll remain very uh, touchy about some of the questions that, that that players got. The pre-tournament news conferences were a little bit awkward 
uh, on occasion. Uh, you know, players were asked about the geopolitical implications of of accepting money from the Saudi Arabian government. Uh, the uh, uh, Graham McDowell said that well, if it if it if it if it helps them achieve their goal of uh, kind of burnishing their image, so to speak, then then I'm happy to help, which is exactly what people think is wrong with this. It's called sports washing. You know, it's it's China in the 2008 Olympics. It's Germany in the 1936 Olympics. It's using sports to make people forget that you have a repressive regime. And, uh, and then there was another occasion where Taylor Gooch, who is a 2014 graduate of Oklahoma State, was said, I'm not smart enough to understand the implications. Well, you, you're either being obtuse or you're, that's an indictment on the, the education you got at Oklahoma State. So, so uh, which is it? Uh, the format, the shotgun start, intrigues some people. The 54 holes, uh, I guess, intrigues some people. Uh, ultimately, this is not uh, a series that is going to get world championship ranking events. Uh, you know, one of the ways to circumvent not being a PGA Tour member or being suspended by the PGA Tour is you can get into the majors based on your world golf ranking and your membership in a tour doesn't matter. However, they are not right now. The world golf ranking board is not going to give points because it's a 54 hole tournament. It's a shotgun start and they give points to tournaments based on 72 holes of stroke play. And there there's precedent for them not giving world ranking points for alternative formats, such as a PGA's tour team event in New Orleans and the tour championship, which based on the FedEx Cup points has the strokes start the starting strokes format where the guy leading a point starts out 10 under par the second guy starts at eight under par and so on down the field of 30 and they don't give more golf ranking points there so uh if you're asking me you know you know how i think it went i'm sure that greg norman and the other organizers of live golf are pretty happy with how it turned out i'm sure they're pretty happy with the notoriety they got I'm sure they're pretty happy that now it's up to uh, 20 players off the PGA Tour that will compete on this. And uh, uh, but you contrast that with what happened in Canada, record crowds in Canada. Now, understandably, they haven't had that tournament there since 2019 because Canada's had more restrictive uh, COVID-19 protocols. but there were uh, huge crowds, and everybody saw at the 18th green when Rory, Justin Thomas, and Tony Finau finished, uh, just how big the crowds were, how enthusiastic they were. They got a great winner in Rory. Uh, there was great competition all week. The the lowest player in their group, the lo- their I'm sorry, the highest score in their group was a 64 uh, by by Tony Finau. Justin Rose almost shot a 59. So uh, there was a huge contrast in the finish to the PGA Tour event and the finish to the Live Golf event. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. But I think the tour could strike a real stark contrast into their product and the Live Golf product right now. Yeah, you know, there's a lot to unpack in everything you just said there. So, you know, when you mention the media being restricted, I mean, you're in – England, which is a free country, yet the Saudis are still finding a way to have their golf group limit media and take people away, you know, basically like a state-run media. So that's not a good thing at all. 
they got criticized royally, and and there was video of of one of the the one incident and everything. So they did not escape uh, criticism uh, on that, and and all other fronts on that. It's just I I, I thought that uh, you know that the that the reaction to a couple of questions and the other reporter in question was an AP reporter. AP reporters are not exactly TMZ guys, you know. No. Yeah. And 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 uh, uh, perhaps a couple of media center, uh, media communications people got, uh, took it upon themselves to, to do this. You know, I don't know, but going forward, I'd, I'd like to see them. Like I said, if they have any choice of, of taking off, especially when they bring the tournaments to this country starting in July, uh, they need to be a little bit less touchy. Yeah. And so the next thing I was going to say that, that you had mentioned in there was talking about, you know, Charles Schwartzel in this first event winning $4 million in front of next to no one, where Rory's winning 1.2 million or whatever it was in yeah, front of five, yeah. A, yeah, in front of a huge audience. How on earth are they going to be able to sustain giving out that kind of money? And then finally, you know, Jay Monahan last week started suspending players, and you're going to see more added to that list, including Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed when they join the U.S. event. And he said that they need the PGA more than the PGA needs them because if, you know, you're going to see the same golfers over and over and over and live golf where you get these vast fields and people qualifying. So what did you think about what Monaghan was saying? Is that true or do these guys not care? Because there's just so much money going into their pocket. They don't care about the PGA anymore. Well, to, to that point and, and to the to the Saudi Public Investment Fund, they have committed to a two – $2 billion uh, over the next uh, three years for uh, 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 Live Golf. And, uh, you know, right now, Jay Monahan's only problem is that he does not have access to billions of dollars in oil money, and he won't. Uh, he negotiated record TV contracts, streaming deals, their record purses on a PJ tour this year. Uh, he's getting as much money as he can get, and he's giving out as much as he can give out, Okay. And it's it's not a fair fight because he just doesn't have access to the vast pools of money that 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 these guys do. Uh, the as far as a return on the investment, you know, they're not going to get a network TV contract anytime soon unless they can somehow convince Fox to get back into uh, golf. But Fox had all the USGA events, including the men's and women's and a senior U.S. Open a few years ago and they broke the contract early and got out of it because it wasn't uh it wasn't enough of an invest a return on the investment for them so i don't know where they're going to go other than streaming they're not going to get sky sports in europe so uh you know and they're not going to get the sponsorships you know they're not going to get title sponsorships like pj tour events get because no corporation is going to want to be associated with the saudi arabian government so, um, but the return on the investment is what they think it is. It's if they think that this is accomplishing the goal of sports washing or shrouding their 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 behavior, their human rights record, then I suppose that's the return on their investment. Uh, it, it's almost like there's so much oil money out there that it's all it's all play money. I, I, I don't think they care right now that they're not. You know, certainly not making money on these broadcasts or these tournaments, and they won't be if ever. But making money is not the point. Spending money to 
to whitewash their reputation is what they're shooting for. Yeah, that's so much different than in, in the United States where there's no way you would find somebody with tons of money just giving it out to fix their reputation because business people in the U.S., they, they want to make their money. And, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm going to blame Live Golf for why gas is $5 a gallon. It's not the war over in Ukraine. It's not politicians. It's Live Golf, Gary. What do you think? Are you, can you get on board with that? <laughs> we're paying, that's right. We're paying, that's, that's been floated. We're paying more, jokingly there, we're paying more at the pump so Charles Schwarzman can make $4 million. And by the way, so the number 48th guy in the field who could shoot whatever number he wants made 150000 Good grief. The last place guy in the Players' Championship, who still had to make the cut, by the way, made 45000 Phew. Yeah, well, I mean, let, I guess here's the thing. Let, let's separate. Let's take the Saudi royal family and just move that aside. Let's say a, a golf uh, competitor to the PGA like Live Golf started up. You know, Phil so poorly put it into words, but he sees competition for the PGA as a good thing. So, you know, ultimately, is getting a competitive league to go against the PGA going to be a good thing? Or is this just something bad that's going to implode and then it's going to leave some golfers, you know, floating in the water in a few years? Well, competition's never bad in any situation. And the original... I iteration of this leave golf series was a uh, a european model that uh that was floated and of course you know they're sitting back now and you know they had money but not this kind of money and uh the norman group kind of swiped the format idea from them so they're not real happy but there's not a whole heck of a lot they can do about it but the original model was was a european model and I think they might have been more inclined. Uh, Jay Monahan of the tour and the European tour might have been more inclined uh, to to work with them uh, to work with them on this. Uh, we're never going to know because they never got off the ground. And uh, the and the one thing that Live Golf is not doing is it's not interfering with the majors. They're not running tournaments. Opposite, you know, the U.S. Open, the PGA, uh, and the British Open, which are the majors remaining this season. Uh, out of the of the seven events they have left, five of them are in the U.S., so they're having no problem with competing with PGA Tour events. Uh, the thing that kind of bothers me a little bit is they are 48 player fields. Nobody really knows how those 48 players are going to be determined from tournament to tournament. Obviously. The guys that they're playing front money to, Phil, Dustin, Sergio Garcia, uh, Taylor Gooch, uh, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, Kevin Na, uh, and then presumably uh, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, they're going to get their money, but they still got to have, you know, what are the bottom, what's the bottom half of this field? How is that going to be determined? You know, you, you had... Uh, guys just off PGA Tour, you had guys like uh, Turk Pettit, you know, Peter Ulan, uh, Matt Jones, Hudson Swafford, uh, you know, decent players, but, you know, hardly recognizable name stars. And, uh, but how are they going to determine, you know, who gets on there? And is it going to be some kind of a fight among uh, aging PGA Tour players such as Pat Perez, 
you know, in their in their mid to late forties. The Champions Tour is on a horizon. By the way, they won a Champions Tour event. They're going to get two hundred seventy thousand, which would have been about thirtieth place in this. Um, that's another issue. The other issue I think is the competitive imbalance uh, of the shotgun starts. If you take a shotgun start to the Players Championship, and you got two guys on on the last round who were tied for first. One guy's finishing on 16, the easiest hole on the course, an eagle or a birdie hole. The other guy's finishing on five, one of the toughest holes on the course, a par four. But where's the competitive balance in that? So these are all things they have to sort through. I would just like to know who's going to determine who's going to play the bottom half of their fields because they got to have they got to have somebody. And you're right in what in you saying that everybody's going to get tired of watching only Dustin and Phil uh, and Sergio play because, by the way, those three, uh, Dustin was kind of on the fringes of contending. Sergio and Phil, you know, didn't have a chance. And uh, uh, are you going to, are people going to be watching on on their final round where Phil kind of slopping it around and shooting even par? And, you know, when you look at it, it's almost kind of like a NASCAR race because, you know, in NASCAR, you've got the same 30 drivers and then maybe the the bottom 10 or 12 are different. Well, that's what live golf kind of looks like. But, you know, when I look at it, do you think that the PGA in in the rise of this and seeing that there were other models out there, did they get too complacent in being the type of monopoly that they are? Possibly, possibly, because they also, you know, they were, uh, you know, there is even talk to the PGA Tour and, and the European Tour, which is now the DP World Tour, uh, would actually merge at some point. There's also been talk that the PGA Tour might even swallow up the LPGA and kind of run that, and which would which actually would lend itself to maybe the return of some mixed uh, golf formats, which they had this past week on the European Tour, where they had a mixed golf format. They had uh, ladies European Tour players. And a uh, female player, uh, Lynn Baker, I believe her name is, won the tournament, uh, you know, playing from uh, a tease of 85% of what the men were playing to. So uh, I, I suppose if you don't get challenged, you are you are going to get complacent. But in terms of alternative formats or jazzing things up or stuff like that, you know, golf just has this competitive tour in golf has a more than 100 year history of the best way to identify a champion each week is 72 holes of stroke play. Now you've got your match play events and you've got the one team format, but this is the truest measure of, of a champion. I don't know that anybody is calling for major league baseball to go to 11 inning games or seven inning games. Okay. I don't know that people are calling for increasing or decreasing the length of time and quarters in the NFL, the NBA, or increasing or decreasing the uh, time of periods or adding a fourth period to the NHL. Uh, and, you know, and then you look at a NASCAR race, you've got road courses and you've got ovals and you've got super speedways and you have short tracks. And I suppose that's enough of an all, of a variety for people. Uh, but I don't know why there is this hue and cry, or maybe it's not that big, but this need to, uh, jazz up the product you know golf is golf uh it's 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 always been uh behind the major team sports in interest i don't think that was ever going to change no matter what they did with it uh but i do know the pga tour was happy with one thing 
on the current list world uh, golf uh, ranking top 10, none of them are 30 or younger. Okay. They're pretty doggone happy with that. Now, none of those guys are making any noise about going to live golf. The highest ranked player is Dustin at number 13. Okay. And he's 37 years old and he hasn't won in two years. Okay. You look at the other players. Sergio hasn't won much lately. Charles Schwartzel hasn't won much lately. Yes. Phil won the PGA last year, but he is 52. How much more was it? Was he going to win even on a full PGA tour schedule? So, uh, and then the players who announced last week after the start of the Live Golf event in London, DeChambeau, who was has been injured and hasn't done much lately, uh, mainly because of his injury. Ricky Fowler, who really has fallen off the face of the earth, wasn't even qualified to compete in the Players' Championship six years after he won it. And Pat Perez, we've already talked about, you know, he's, you know, really at the tail end of, of you know, whatever – semblance of a career he had and he won maybe three or four. I think if one of those really bright young stars, a Scotty Scheffler, a Justin Thomas, a Jordan Spieth would have moved to live golf. Now you're talking about the tour getting nervous right now. They're concerned, but they're pretty feel pretty good about the product they have barring any defections of some of the younger stars we just talked about. Yeah, you know, another comparison that I could easily make with this is when you look at how the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, they were a monopoly for so long after absorbing WCW 20 years ago, and then AEW comes out of nowhere. So, you know, you, you do, I think there is a little complacency there where you think you're the top dog, and then all of a sudden someone comes along, starts picking off some of your talent and getting some of your business. But ultimately, you know, just like WWE always comes out on top, I think the PGA will continue to be the top dog, and that will take us to the next subject of their 122nd playing of the U.S. Open this week, and the live golfers are actually going to be allowed to take part. So how do you feel about that, and is that another shot at the PGA? Well, the, the USGA kind of was the first. I think the PGA Tour was counting on the, the governing bodies of the major championships to be on their side. The USGA kind of caved first because they were the next one up. The PGA was last month. So, you know, they're kind of out of the picture at this point. But I think they're counting on that. The USGA's reasoning is that, uh, that anybody who had already qualified for the U.S. Open would be allowed to play. And their affiliation with another tour really didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, these guys, uh, and not all of the live golf players are, are eligible. There's a handful. Uh, but uh, looking at the list, uh, you know, Sergio is still eligible off of his 2017 Masters victory. Dustin, past PGA or past U.S. Uh, Open champion, uh, Phil was eligible by winning the PGA last year. Uh, some other guys were eligible off of uh, uh, their War Golf rankings. So they said we can't really interfere with that because we're an open competition. So and the and the British Open is going to be the same way. I think they may take the same same stance because there is a qualifying process, and these guys are already qualified. I think the, we're not going to know uh, until next year's Masters whether somebody is going to back the tour. If Augusta National backs the tour, that's going to be the most powerful voice that they can have because they're an invitational. And if you look, yes, there are eligibility standards to get into the Masters winning a tournament, being on the top 50 in the world. But if you look at the master's regulations, it says uh, 
eligible for invitation. That's the phrase that 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 everybody always kind of misunderstands. Yes, I won the players' championship. I should be in the Masters based on their eligibility for invitation for three years. But you still got to get the invitation. You still have to get a letter in the mail from Augusta National, and they come sometime in December inviting you. We're going to find out. In this, and Augusta National is not going to make an announcement about this. This is not what they do. What's going to happen is players who are eligible for the Masters, especially the past champions like Sergio, Charles, Schwartzel, and Phil, we're going to find out in December. If they don't get that letter by December 31st or so, then uh, they're going to know. And, you know, we're going to find out. That's going to trickle. That's going to trickle out. Now, as far as U.S. Open, these guys are in. It'll be, in one respect, a normal U.S. Open. It's going to be at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. The rough, I understand. I saw some video of people dropping a ball into that rough, and the, it just swallowed the ball up. I'm telling you right now, you better plan on hitting, uh, you know, 10 out of the 14 fairways a day to even have a shot at getting up to the green. It's, it's a hilly course. Part of the reason why Tiger announced he wasn't playing uh, because, you know, his with his uh, leg injury and his recuperation, as he found out at the PGA of Southern Hills, walking up and down hills isn't good for him. He's next going to come out of the woodwork at the uh, British Open at St. Andrews, which is a, as flat a piece of ground as you can get. Uh, so it, it'll be, like I said, it, it, there's going to be a lot of attention. These leave golf guys are going to be asked to talk about it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think if you uh, hit a lot of fairways, you're going to be able to hit a lot of greens. And I think that's going to play into a guy like Scotty Scheffler, who's a very accurate player. It's going to play into a guy like a Justin Thomas when he's on, you know, when he's, when he's hitting fairways, he can miss them. Uh, but I think this also lends itself to a lot of times guys win U.S. Opens that we don't see coming. Steve Jones, Michael Campbell. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, back in the day, Orville Moody, Jack Fleck, because the U.S. Open prevents you from being a hero. Okay. You cannot go out there and just, you know, swing for the fences at a U.S. Open. Okay. The fairways are narrow, the rough is up, the greens are fast and undulating. And a lot of times you hear that phrase, and I kind of hate this phrase, Tim. I don't know how you feel about it. Stay within yourself. I really kind of <laughs> hate it. Does that mean you're having out-of-body experiences? I don't know. But to me in golf, stay within yourself means not doing what you can't do. So you will have a guy like a Steve Jones in 1996, a Michael Campbell in 2005 at Pinehurst, uh, a Graham McDowell at Pebble Beach in, in 2010. Nice player. I'm not sure anybody expected Graham McDowell to ever win a major, but he did because these guys don't try to do anything heroic. They, they'll hit a fairway. You don't need to be long. All you need to do is be in the fairway, and they'll hit greens, and they'll two-putt a lot, and they're going to be happy with that, whereas somebody like a Phil who's had his heart broken at U.S. Opens more times than he can count will go out there and do what Phil does, and that doesn't always win U.S. Opens. 
Well, I guess it's good to be named McDowell because you're a surprise winner if you're Graham McDowell. You're a surprise winner if you're Michael McDowell at the Daytona 500. So must be good to be named McDowell. You know, um, you mentioned Tiger Woods. I was going to ask you about his physical conditioning and why he pulled out. You, you answered that very well because this is such a hilly and difficult course. But I also wanted to ask you, it was said last week that Tiger was offered in the high nine figures to be in live golf. Now, I don't know if that means 700 million. 800 million, whatever it is. His net worth is listed anywhere from 800 million to $2 billion. And, you know, he's obviously had a reputation that's gone up and down over the past 15 years since his troubles. And he went from being a heel to a goat winning. And, you know, I think that had he taken this money, it would have just completely once again ruined, you know, his public perception that he's worked so hard to rebuild. So what do you think about Tiger being offered that much money and turning it down? Yeah, I was trying to uh, I was trying to put myself in his place and think, well, somebody just offered me pretty close to my net worth and extra on top of my net worth. I said, okay, we'll match that. And uh, and you know, and and it would have been uh, a lot of it would have been uh, he wouldn't have played a whole heck of a lot, and nobody would really be expecting to be that effective. But Tiger would have been kind of like Norman; he would have been a name player at the top of this, uh, being the kind of like a figurehead of this live golf. And uh, I'm not sure Tiger would be really happy with being in that kind of role. If he doesn't, if he can't compete or if he feels like he can't compete, then he's really not interested. And uh, he doesn't want to put himself out there if he doesn't think he's got a shot. Um, and again, you know, you ask how much money is too much, you know, uh, you talk about he'd been offered double, you know, to double his net worth, but you know he's living pretty good now. And money has never been golf's uh, Tiger's primary motivation. When he signed a deal with Nike coming out of college for what the, everybody thought was an ungodly sum of sixty million over five years, that made him set for life, pretty much. Tiger's motivation is he just wants to step on everybody's throat and kick everybody's butt. He wants to win every time he tees it up. And he, he's 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 a rare athlete in that regard. Uh, he's he's Michael Jordan. He's Tom Brady. If there was wasn't the money involved, they're motivated by much more than money. They're motivated by winning, and they're motivated by a legacy. And I think Tiger, you 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 raise very good point with everything that Tiger's been through, all the uh, uh you know the the, the 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 womanizing, and he came back from that. And, and, you know, the injuries, which really created a dependency on painkillers, the car accident, he's come back too many times and he just got named, he just got inducted into the work off hall of fame. He's come back too many times and won't have to go through that again. So I think you're, you're, you're on the money about his motivation in turning this down. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, when you look at Tiger Woods, I also wonder, you've seen a lot of guys lose their sponsorships. And I wonder if Nike were to, let's say, say, okay, go to live golf, we're taking away Nike money, then he's taking a one time sum, but he might lose more than $800 million over the course of the rest of his life. Because if Nike were to take away that branding, boy, I think he would lose a ton of money. So you never know, but that, that you know, he, he might've had to consult Nike before making a decision like that. Yeah. Plus, you know, you're not going to be able to play golf forever. You want relationships with these people. You might want to, you know, work with them. Be might be want to be on their board. I was asked last week if uh, when 
when Jay Monahan suspended the players and he said they also won't be able to expect accept sponsor invitations. And they said, well, what if AT&T really does want Dustin Johnson at Pebble Beach? Aren't they going to go to Monahan and say, you know, we're your title sponsor. You know, if you want our money, I don't think the sponsors are going to react this way because of the way Dustin Johnson, for example, treated RBC. RBC is one of his longest and oldest sponsors. They've been very good to Dustin Johnson. They're a title sponsor of the Canadian Open. The week of the Canadian Open, Dustin picks that week to go and play and live golf, and RBC cut them loose. They severed all ties with them, and I thought that the way Dustin Johnson treated RBC was very, very shabby. I think a lot of tour title sponsors took note of that, took note of how these other players did the same thing to their sponsors, and I think that they will be more inclined to stick with the PGA Tour and the players that are loyal to them than the players who went to live golf. Yeah. And, you know, one other thing about Tiger Woods, I don't think he wants to be the public face voice spokesman for a league, whether no matter who it's for. I don't. I, I think he's had his fill of the media probably over the course of his lifetime. But, you know, last question I'll ask you, Gary, is, you know, the live golfers who are at the U.S. Open this week, they're going to be getting peppered with media questions if they so choose to even come out and talk to them. Do you think that given everything they've been through in the last couple of weeks, can someone who's been playing or who played in the first live golf event, do you see them possibly winning the U.S. Open this week, or is that just too hard? No, I think they can do it because golfers have a way of turning insular once you get inside the ropes. Uh, they're, you know, These guys all see sports psychologists, and the one thing that these guys all tell them is, is they, they give them mechanisms, you know, uh, you know, when when the competition starts, they, they've got this incredible tunnel vision to the point where if a guy has a really good round, he has a lot of difficulty remembering how long his birdie putts were, what he hit into some of these holes. I see this all the time. They really are so this one shot of the time stuff that they actually forget how they might have made this birdie on number five. So uh, I, I think they'll be okay. Um, maybe, you know what, if there's some heckling involved and you got to got somebody notable rabbit ears like Sergio who responds to that, who's never really learned how to turn that off. You, you could see that. And I do think there will be, I do think there will be some heckling. Uh, the, uh, it was a long time ago when the Ryder cup was in Boston at the country club in 1999 but the U.S. fans were a little bit vicious on the European guys. And, uh, you know, you might, you know, I don't know how many people who are at the Ryder Cup are actually going to be at this tournament. Maybe some, you know, uh, you know, after all that was uh, 23 years ago. So, you know, we'll find out. But by and large, I, I think if they're if they're coming there and if they're playing well, I don't think uh, any of the fallout about this is going to affect them. All right. And Gary, is there anything else you want to get in front of the audience before I let you go? Well, uh, you know, you can uh, U.S. Open coverage will be extensive uh, on our website, Jacksonville.com. Also at our at our uh, our USA Today Gannett partner, uh, GolfWeek.com. They're going to have a, a really strong team up there and uh, they're going to have this thing covered from wall to wall. Start right now if you choose to go to either website and uh uh, and then uh, I, I think it's going to be one of the most interesting U.S. Opens in quite some time for all the reasons we've, we've just been talking about. Uh, but uh, we've had a couple of really good major championships. Scotty Shepard winning the Masters, Justin Thomas winning the PGA in the manner that he did. 
Uh, and uh, I, I think those are two great examples of why the PGA Tour remains the uh, strongest product. This is not a PGA Tour event. The majors are not tour events, but the PGA Tour supplies a, uh, the vast majority of the inventory to these events in terms of, of the players. They develop their game on the PGA Tour. So the major championships and the PGA Tour kind of need each other in that regard. And uh, uh, But as I said, don't be surprised if we get somebody come kind of come out of the woodwork, uh, somebody we really don't think is, is a super-duper star, but because they go out there and and make a lot of make a lot of pars, weather a bogey or two here and there. Uh, and I'll throw a name out: Harris English, St. Simons Island resident, former Georgia player, who did not compete in the Players Championship because of a uh, a shoulder injury. He's slowly rounding into health. He did not be was not able to play in the PGA, and that he's rehabbing pretty good. Watch out for a guy like Harris English. All right, Gary, I appreciate the insight. Again, you can find all of his work at jacksonville.com. It's Gary with two R's, G-A-R-R-Y, Smits, S-M-I-T-S. And Gary, where can they follow you on Twitter if people want to come? Because I know you're really good at getting your message out on social media. Uh, G Smitter, G-S-M-I-T-T-E-R. All right, G Smitter. Gary, as always, I appreciate it. Your insight is great. I got to walk around the PGA headquarters with you. And like I said in my intro, you are like the mayor around there. Everybody knows you. It was really cool. And I hope that you, sir, get your high nine digit payday sometime soon. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to hold my breath, but uh, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now for what I'm making. All right, left him speechless with that. And that's going to do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters. And to quote all-time golf great Gary Player, golf is a puzzle without an answer. I've played the game for 40 years and still haven't the slightest idea how to play. Me neither, Gary. Me neither. We'll see you next time.